everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. She is a prolific author, a renowned Bible teacher, itinerant speaker, and founder of Angel Ministries. She is also the daughter of renowned and beloved evangelist Billy Graham, who has said of his daughter Anne, and I quote, the best preacher in the family. And he would be right, as evidenced by her global Just Give Me Jesus rallies and impassioned teachings whose primary goal is to draw its listener into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ and a life serving that, quote, audience of one, as my next guest has espoused in her own life. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to testimony in a national religious broadcaster special from Nashville, Tennessee, Always an honor, it's keynote speaker for Proclaim 2016, Reverend Ann Graham Lotz. And welcome back to Testimony. Thank you, Jensine. I love talking to you. So this is an honor and a privilege and also a pleasure. Well, it's an honor to have you and speak with you face to face. And your empowered and impassioned speech before a room full of broadcast professionals from all over the world was stunning. You clearly stated the course America is headed if we do not repent and allow God to revolutionize our lives through prayer, faith, and action as you have so vigorously campaigned across this nation. And now with your latest call to action entitled God Speaking, we're going to get into what all of that means. But before we begin, the nation mourned with you the loss of your beloved husband, Danny, last year. And you talked a little bit about that last night. What impact has this loss had on you personally? And if you can share, and the words of encouragement you shared with all of us last night because of that. You know, Jensen, it's, um, I don't know what you can do that would prepare you for that moment. You know, my husband had not been in good health, um, but I was his caregiver, so... For two or three years, I've stayed home and done nothing but take care of him. So first thing in the morning when I wake up, I think about how I'm going to help him through the day. Last thing I thought about at night was how I would uh, help him. And so I tried to anticipate his needs so that he wouldn't get frustrated. He, he no longer drove or um, could get around on his own. So so then to have all of a sudden that abruptly come to an end when um, I found him in our swim, swimming pool um, unresponsive. And it was just a horrific few moments, but I will tell you this now, looking back, uh, you know, I can just see so many things. God was so faithful. He took my husband in such a gentle way. There were no marks on his body, no evidence of struggle. They did the tests in the hospital, no evidence that he had drowned, no evidence of a heart attack. I think he just went to sleep in the water, you know, and it was a, he was a big man. And if he had been standing or he had just gone to lunch with friends, if he had been doing something like that, it would have been disastrous. But the Lord chose to take him in a very gentle easy, peaceful way for him. The thing that I learned, um, you know, when Jesus says in John 17 that he gives us eternal life, eternal life is life that never ends, and it's not even interrupted by death. So my husband had received eternal life when he was five years of age, gone to vacation Bible school, and, um, and he had asked Jesus to be a savior. So he had eternal life. 
I knew when he died, his relationship with Jesus wasn't interrupted. It, it just continued. It's just that it went from faith to sight. And what I didn't know was that when he died, and it was just two weeks short of our 49th wedding anniversary, so he'd been the center of my life for almost 49 years. And when he died, it didn't interrupt my relationship with Jesus either. I'm still living by faith, but what I discovered is that my relationship with Jesus is almost sweeter and closer and more precious because um, he's always been everything to me, but with Danny gone, then the Lord has taken me up almost as a husband would, you know, like a like a father would, a child. But he has cared for us. And I know we want to get on to other things, but one sweet thing is that we put him on life support for several days just to make sure because we didn't know how long he'd been in the pool. And so my son stayed with him in the hospital, and my one daughter came and she slept in the bed with me every night. And then when we disconnected my husband and knew that he had gone to heaven, my middle daughter and her husband asked if they could come stay with me. They had sold their house, been unable to find another one. The rental property that they were going to have fell through. They were living in a hotel, so they asked if they could come stay with me. And, um, and to this day, six months later, they're still staying with me. So I've never had to go home to a house alone, at least not without knowing that they'd be back maybe an hour or so. I've never had to spend a night by myself. I think that is such a huge blessing. I have a sister-in-law, my, my husband's brother's wife, who uh, her husband died several years ago, and she said the hardest thing is to go back to the house alone. And to this point, I've not had to do that, and I feel in the process God is strengthening me, and, and for when that time comes, that I'll be, um, I will have been carried through that initial transition of the loss, and uh, and I'll be okay. So there's so many um, not even answers to prayer because I wouldn't have thought to pray for them, but so many blessings, just blessing after blessing after blessing. There's a grief, but there's a joy because I know that my husband is safe. He's with Jesus. He's whole. He's healthy. And in the meantime, God has a lot of work for me to do. So I'll, and I know I'll see him again, Jensen. You know, this life is not all there is. I know I'm going to see him. Amen and amen. And I wanted you to share that with our listeners, Anne, because even the strongest person in every way, when they lose the love of their life, 49 years. Yes, we do grieve, as you just said, but it's, it's a loss nonetheless, and you can't minimize that. And I know you're a powerhouse of a speaker with a huge heart, a tender heart, a compassionate heart. You wouldn't be the prayer warrior that you are if you didn't have all of those things. And, and last night when you shared with our audience about the faithfulness of God, I could just almost feel people's hearts rising to hope. Because if I lose my loved one or a family member or whatever, Jesus is with me. He's surrounding me. And I have shared many times, Anne, when we first did your story and everything was going south for you in an 18-month period, you lifted up your hands and you said, just give me Jesus. You are always pointing your listener to Jesus Christ in a deeper walk with him. The young people need to hear this. There are solid, authentic answers, and you give that through your radio program, your Bible teachings, your books, your global conferences. I want to get to a little bit of that now. You have one coming up, as I understand it. Can you tell us about that? I'd love to. And one of the things I have coming up before then, I have a new book called The Daniel Prayer that will come out in May. And so I just want to get this pattern because we, we pray 
And then in August, I felt like the Lord put it on my heart to offer the the first eight days of the eighth month. So August is the eighth month for the first eight days, one hour each day for eight hours that we would listen to the Word of God. So I'm partnering with uh, Faith Comes By Hearing that has all the audio recordings in over 900 languages. And I'm partnering with Ambassador Agency that will help with the broadcast and getting the, the Word out. In Genesis chapter 1, when God created everything, verse 2, the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep, preparing the planet to receive God's Word. And that preparation of the Spirit application is prayer. So there's prayer, or the preparation of the Spirit, and then the proclamation of God's Word. God's Word went forth every day, day after day after day, and at the end, God looked at the planet and He said it's very good, and He blessed it, and it, it reflected His own image. And so... I thought, what would happen if we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and that's what I'm praying my book will do, the the Daniel prayer, and if we get people to really pray, and then in August, if we can get as many people as we can to listen to the same portion of God's Word on the same day, they don't have to listen at the same time. They can do it 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, but for one hour, each one of those days, if they would listen to the Word of God, then maybe the combination, the prayer, and the proclamation of the word would result in a change that God would say would be good and that he would bless. Amen and amen. You talked a little bit about where we are as a nation, and in this political year, your thoughts. Well, I believe, like a lot of people, that our nation needs some radical change because we are so rebelling against God. I believe we've left our foundation of faith and we're denying God, we're disobeying God, we've redefined institutions that he established. And so I believe there needs to be some fundamental change, but I believe also that what's taking place is the judgment of God because he has warned us. Uh, the first warning that caught my attention big time was uh, 9-11 when those straight towers came down. And I'm praying about that, and it's just a warning shot across the bow. You know, something worse is coming if you don't repent of your sin, if you don't turn to God. And for, for a couple of weeks, people turned to God, and they went to church, and they burned their candles. But what was given to them was a politically correct nothingness, you know, that we all worship the same God, and we all need to come together. And, and the, for the sake of unity, we denied, even within the church, the uniqueness of who Jesus is, that there's only one way to God according to God, and it's through Jesus. But the church watered down, compromised that message in a, in a way that uh, it got muffled. So now everybody has their own God. I used last night an example of Judah, because Judah in the Old Testament, they were God's people. They were on a spiritual roller coaster. When they had a good king, they were good. When they had a bad king, they were bad. And towards the end, they just had bad king after bad king after bad king. And God sent them messenger after messenger after messenger. He sent them Jeremiah, who spoke to them with tears, and Amos, who spoke with logic, and Ezekiel, who spoke with visions, and Isaiah, who spoke with... Those are great prophets. I mean, great Old Testament prophets. So in other words, they had the best preachers sent to them. And they didn't heed. They didn't listen. They defied God. They disobeyed him. They became more idolatrous and immoral. And so in the end, Jensen, the Bible says God became their enemy. And he turned on them, and he sent in the Babylonians... And when Nebuchadnezzar was finished, the walls of Jerusalem had been torn down, the city was burned, Solomon's temple was destroyed, all the treasures were taken back to Babylon, the people that weren't slaughtered in the streets, Nebuchadnezzar took into captivity. And that was that. Judah was destroyed. And God doesn't sneak up on a nation and judge us by surprise. He sends warning after warning, messenger after messenger. But if you insist on defying him and disobeying him, 
then he can move, and his movements can be very, if I can use this word, ugly. It's not pleasant. And I believe what I see in America today is God's movement in judgment. And judgment doesn't mean necessarily ISIS jumping up and beheading somebody or the ground opening up and swallowing somebody. Romans 1 judgment is when God just backs away and he gives us over to ourselves so that he removes his hand of blessing, his hand of protection, and then we're just in it for ourselves. And that's what I see. The slashings, the stabbings, the active shooters, all the things that are going on in our economy, the political turmoil is just, I don't know if we can survive this presidential election. Uh, the anarchy in the streets, the antagonism of our culture, the apostasy of church, uh, the anger of the electorate, it's just a mess. But Joel too says, if we would rend our hearts and not our garments, if we would return to the Lord and cry out to him, who knows but that instead of sending judgment, he would leave behind a blessing. He would turn to us. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to evangelist, author, and speaker, Anne Graham Lotz. You can learn more about Anne's work, mission, and ministry by going to annegrahamlotz.org and get involved in her latest great call to action by visiting godspeaking.com and be a part of changing our nation through prayer. And it has been so wonderful having you on testimony, meeting you face to face, and hearing you share the richness of God so evident in your life and ministry. Your books, teachings, conferences, and global calls to prayer and action are changing lives for eternity. We thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.